0: Welcome again to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. The vision is to engage dads in raising a godly generation by reinvigorating the church on the fathering front. We're continuing our discussion on why faithful fathering is important in your life, and uh, we're here to help you uh, be the dad the next generation needs, the, the dad your kids need to see every day. So uh, we do point you to our website, FaithfulFathering.org, where you can click on the For Dads button to see a uh, history of vlogs and training materials that are available to you free of cost. They can access them there and download PDFs and what have you. So uh, please make use of those. And uh, as always, this is going to be a practical discussion uh, that I pray blesses you on your journey as a faithful father. In the studio with me today to talk about uh, this uh, this topic of why faithful fathering is important is very very special guest Justin Cairo. Uh, He's a husband and father and uh, uh, and uh, founder of Kingdom Care. So uh, welcome to the studio, Julius. Thanks for being with us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, What we're talking about today, we've we've had some great discussion on foster care and uh, adoptive uh, adoption is an option, but. Uh, when it comes down to uh, to being the dad we're called to be, we're really given just one instruction in Scripture, and that is to raise a godly generation. Uh, what does that look like? When we're, when we're coming off of uh, my favorite month is uh, June, of course. That's Father's Day month. But you also know that Pride Month encroached on my Father's Day month. And for me, that's a body blow, because I look and, and that just says, on the whole, fathers are failing to raise a godly generation. So uh, how, how do you embrace that as a dad to, to step into that role of raising a godly generation?
1: Well, I mean, I think our, our role is, as fathers and as men is, to, is to, to plant seeds into our children, you know, based on biblical principles, based on what, what the Bible says. Um, that's, I mean, that's where truth comes from and that's, you know, what we have to instill in our kids and, you know, sometimes the seeds that we plant now may not, you know, come to fruition for, you know, 10, 15 years. I know myself, um, when I graduated, my grandparents, I grew up in the church and, you know, my grandparents were very much, if even if they couldn't be there, we were going to be in church on Wednesday and Sundays and made sure that, you know, if they were working, that we were still there. Um, you know, and I know that, you know, there was a time in my life where I, you know, chose a different path and did you know my own thing as far as you know the fighting world i was you know a professional fighter at one point and that was a very very dark world and the in Mm -hmm. the things that you had to see and the the people you had to interact with um but here i am today you know a father of four adopted children um with another foster child in our home who has a, a baby um so i have six at the moment living with us and you know we me and my wife run a ministry uh, called Kingdom Care, and you know we're pastors at our church, and you know so those those seeds you plant early on, you know they they do come to fruition at some point, and and as dads, it's you know our job to make sure that those seeds are being planted and and that 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 does have a chance of, of growing.
0: I'm sure that uh, your grandma and grandpa are looking down, saying, "Well, uh, you're doing good, son." Uh, add, add a son <laughs> or grandson in this case, but uh, they were your adoptive parents, so uh, yes, that's they were. They were mom place. and dad. They were yeah. mom and dad to you. Uh, yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, we give them the truth. The truth is in Genesis 1:27. It says that he created us, male and female. He created mm-hmm. us, There's two genders. Uh, in Genesis 2.24, he says, uh, we're married. A man will leave his uh, uh, his father and mother and unite with his wife, and they'll become one flesh. So man and wife, man and woman, make a marriage. And then in Malachi uh, 2.15, it says, uh, why one? Why are they becoming one in marriage? And it says, for the sake of raising godly offspring. Uh, that uh, uh, In today's society, there's a lot uh, that uh, is... Uh, driving this idea that uh, you can you can uh, just shuck god's design to the side and and have your own design what what do you think is driving that
1: i mean in complete transparency and honesty i think i think we as the church and and i don't mean the big c because the big c would be we wouldn't have this problem if it was completely the big c but i think we as the church when we look at society have to look inside at the church because the church is confused. The church, you know, has I mean we're divided and mm-hmm. so when you talk about the divisions in the church, you look at the divisions in the world and that doesn't just go to gender, that goes to racial. I mean you can look at a lot of the problems and if we're not as a church giving a good proper example, it's kinda hard to expect the rest of the world to to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that I think that in in, in hindsight or looking forward like we as the church have to make sure that we are being the biblical example that God wants. You know, we have to prioritize marriage. We have to prioritize being moms and dads. We have to prioritize loving on our children and teaching them, and not allowing the world to to be its primary source of education. Um, I think all of that is what factors into into the society that we have now. Is you know, I mean, kids today. You know, my generation they get. Their news from TikTok, mm. you know, they want they they know what what happened on TikTok and what TikTok says is true, but that's not the truth. But if that's the only truth that they're given, then that's the only truth that they know, which means that's the only the only truth that they're going to move forward with.
0: There's one famous person in uh, Scripture says, "What what is truth?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me is that uh, the well, it starts with the parents, but parents nor the church rock-solid behind the truth is that what you're saying I'm saying if the truth maybe would be a better word
1: if yes I mean if we want like I said if we want a biblical nation we have to start with the church if we want if we want because it it doesn't you can't allow the government or think the government which is a broken system is going to fix brokenness Mm. it doesn't work like that only God can fix brokenness but in order for us to reflect God we have to be his church and we have to stand by the truth we have to stop the division and we have to come together and unite on how we're going to show God to the rest of the world because if we as a church show God to be ugly then we can't we can't be upset for the church turning its back on that ugliness
0: well that's that's my calling into fathering <coughs> ministry is we we call it faithful fathering but uh, that is uh, from my perspective dads have uh, abdicated everything sexual to the schools and everything spiritual to the churches the churches can only either, both of them can only be as strong as the family is strong so as the dad goes the family goes the family goes the church goes the church goes the community goes and uh, so I, I so as as a dad what are what are your what's your focus on making sure that you're raising a godly generation?
1: I mean, so my family, I mean, obviously presence is, you know, you have to Physical You have to be, presence, have to be present work. physically. First, physically, you have to be there, right? You have to, you have to. And, and I mean, in my example, I mean, in this, I worked a job with Firestone. I worked at that company uh, for 13 years, worked 60, 70 hours a week, um, made great money. You know, I did, but I wasn't there. And so I got, you know, I... Kind of got a push into COVID because um, finishing my degree, I wasn't able to do it because I worked 60, 70 hours a week and the classes that I needed to take were during the day. Well, COVID changed that because Mm -hmm. now everything became available online. Mm -hmm. So I was able to focus on, I took 10 classes in two semesters and finished my degree um, to where I could get into the school district. Um, which not only allows me to pour into other kids um, in the school But then also pour more into my kids because I get to be home in the evenings. I get to be home on the weekends I don't miss family trips. So but I took a huge pay cut. I'd probably make half of what I make <laughs> When I was making that fire not song, the but, but uh, yeah, exactly and, and but the time and the investment that I'm making now into my kids and able to make um, has already paid dividends way beyond any any amount of dollars that I could have could have ever had or could ever have moving forward.
0: Well, showing up is about 80% of it, so that's uh, the first thing we listen as a faithful father is that physical presence, and uh, my background is similar, that I just failed to be there when I should have been there. So I tip my cap to you for prioritizing that. Uh, what other uh, intentional efforts do you make to, uh, you know, when we talk about godly generation, what does that even mean?
1: Uh, I mean, so practically, I mean, we. I make sure that I'm at church. I make sure that my kids are church. At church, I make sure that my kids. Um, when we do a devotional on a consistent basis. Um, I mean, I read my Bible. I pray. My and my wife read together. We pray. Um, and we make sure that we're a biblical example to our children of what marriage looks like. You know, again, you know, we have to you know create disciples by leading. And the best way to show this generation is to show them, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to just hear about it. They want to see, mm-hmm. you know, they want to see what's going on. And mm-hmm. so, you know, living that testimony and living, you know, that life of, you know, this is this. And, and, and always, you know, a lot of times when we have talks with our kids like, you know, when it comes to foster care and adoption and helping people, it's it's, you know, this is, you know, we do this because this is what God asks us to do. This is what God, you know, has for us. But he also has done this for us, Mm -hmm. you know. And by living out that example and living life that way, um, it allows our kids to um, understand and see an example and know how to follow. Um, Does that mean that they're going to grow up and be perfect people? No. Does that mean that we're perfect people? No. By by far, no. Um, But by trying to set those priorities as far as, you know, first digging into the word ourselves, making sure that we're, you know, pouring, being pouring into as far as, you know, prayer and, you know, our mentors and the people that we surround ourselves with, you know, making sure that we surround ourselves with other godly people, you know. And that doesn't mean, you know, with Kingdom Care, we, we dive a lot into the trenches. We deal with people in dark places because, you know, A lot of the stuff that we have to do is, you know, dealing with biological families who have struggles and traumas and kids who have their own traumas and all of these things. And so surrounding yourself with a good support system and other, you know, believers, you know, who are kingdom minded, that's important. We Mm -hmm. have to have those relationships and, you know, showing our kids that those relationships are important. You know, being in community with others, um, you know, community groups. And we do that. That's big at our churches, uh, the community groups. Um, but community, you know, and, and, and that's something that our pastor talks about is is that, you know, even if our church got shut down on Sunday, our church would still flourish because Monday through Sunday, we're still we're still the church mm-hmm. because we're still living life together. We're still spending cool. time together. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the church is. In fact, mm-hmm. I mean, he says every Sunday, like, I'd rather you be at a community group during the week and spending time with those people than hear me preach on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the church. Mm-hmm. That is the church because— mm-hmm you know we've we've got to live life with people and by doing that and making god beautiful again and making the gospel beautiful because of the way that we live our lives that's how we're going to correct future generations sure
0: uh, you you hit the nail on the head when you talk about uh, showing your relationship in marriage and the closest thing to our relationship with the lord here on earth is our relationship in marriage that's why it's uh, compared so often to christ and the church is a marriage uh, and so I applaud that and you can see the impact of a dad if you looked at the uh, long-term prison inmates so you know, uh, some like 85 percent of them grew up without a dad mm-hmm. yet 75 percent of them are doing what their dad did even though they didn't know their dad so the impact of a dad isn't an option the only option is whether it's going to be a positive impact or a negative oh, impact yes. so uh, you yeah, applaud your initiative to make sure that it is a, a positive one uh, in uh in, in specifically uh, along the way uh, what have you done with your kids to uh uh to be in scripture or to 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 do those types of things to expose them obviously they're seeing with how you're living and are there any other specific equipping that you're doing with the, with the kids uh, on a on a scriptural uh, standpoint okay
1: right, so we do a devotion you know on a pretty consistent basis i mean we're not perfect Perfectly doing it every night, like we would probably like to, you know, because life does unfortunately. Get, life happens. Get, right? Life happens, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, we do try to, you know, encourage them themselves to get into scripture. Um, we talk to them on a consistent basis, you know, especially my older kids now. You know, they mm-hmm. they're questioning everything. You mm-hmm. know, what is what is this? Why is this? What is going on? You know, what you know? Hey, I read this today. What does this mean? And so you know, making it just part of the general conversation, you know, the dinner, I mean, the dinner talk, like, you know, hey, what did you read? What did you, you know, what did you learn on Sunday? You know, all, all of that stuff, you know, it it just plants those seeds and it gets their mind thinking about God rather than thinking about, you know, a lot of the other things that happen. And even, you know, even the conversations, you know, hey, this happened in school today. You know, we have to be able to, you know, take, you know, not just our personal, what beliefs and, and answers of what we think but also like what does that look like biblically what does that look like in scripture mm-hmm. what does that look like in you know what does god say about that mm-hmm. you know and and that's you know that's a lot of times the questioning that we throw back at our kids what do you think god would say about that
0: so you're bringing in a biblical world view into the secular side mm-hmm. you know that? okay. That that because uh, that's I think that's what happens a lot of times is our kids get caught up in this secular mm-hmm. world and uh, that's essentially a demonic worldview versus a biblical worldview. So so what what would your encouragement be for a, a dad out there saying you know I, I do need to be uh, more intentional in my efforts to raise a godly generation. What what are some tips or some guidelines you might give? The most
1: valuable resource you have is time. You can never get more of it. That's how kids spell love, T-I-M-E, right? <laughs> exactly. right? You, you can't get more of it, so that's, and, and what you, and I've learned that whatever you put your time into, that's what you most care about. So the first and most important thing you can do is invest your time into your kids. Um, after that, I mean, obviously getting into the word yourself because you can't teach them if you don't know it. You can't, you know, you can't live it if you don't know it mm-hmm. um, and so you have to you know invest time into you know training yourself and, and getting around people who can also speak life I think a lot in a lot of our generation today is you know we might have we might be the married person and we in and, and our in and our crowd in our friend circle is you know four single guys you know, but oftentimes that leads to a divorce because those four single guys aren't speaking into your marriage. They're speaking into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when we choose to, you know, and then and you've got to, you know, surround yourself with with other, you know, especially if you're married, you have to surround yourself with with other married people, other people who of the faith who are going to speak into your marriage and speak life into your marriage, not speak, you know, death and, and, right. and, you know, loving your wife and, and taking care of that relationship also i mean is is greatly important for what what you're gonna be able to do with your kids because you can't tell your kids you know that you love them if you're not showing that you love your wife they're not gonna believe that like they're they're not they're gonna have a a a skewed reality of what love really is if you're not showing it well mm-hmm. so that's well, one of the greatest things that you can do for your kids is to love your wife well and love you know show love through that in that
0: relationship. Yeah, I'll, I'll use this as an opportunity to introduce a, a, a concept that a dear friend Tyrone Smith gave me years ago. It's called uh, now, which is no opportunity wasted. So if your child comes to you with an issue, that he's faced in the world or she's faced, then address it now from a biblical world standpoint. And uh, if they want to sit down and read a little bit, then commit the time to read. they want to have mm-hmm. a catch, go have a catch, you know, whatever the case may be. And there's
1: nothing wrong with saying I don't know Let me find out. You mean you don't
0: know everything? (laughs) (laughs) There's there's
1: nothing wrong with saying I don't know. Let me find out because the worst thing you can do is say something, just to say something, and your kids find out that it's not true because then you lose a little bit of your credibility. There you go. Um, But in, in perfection, there's no such thing as perfection. Any 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 little investment, any deposit is better than no deposit. Well said, well said. Well, there you go. Uh, Julia's
0: given us some great insight on raising a godly generation. Dads, I just encourage you to to continue to be intentional. Uh, As you said, prioritize that physical presence. I encourage being engaged emotionally and leading spiritually by example. That means that your kids might catch you reading scripture. Maybe you share a passage passage or two with them as uh, you enjoy dinner together and talk about world situations from a biblical perspective between Sundays. What a concept. So, uh, Julius, thank you again for your time. Blessing to have you here. Thank you. And, uh, Daz, I just encourage you again uh, to uh, focus on uh, raising a godly generation. Don't let the schools uh, raise your kids. Be engaged with what the curriculum is and how you can introduce that biblical worldview uh, in a a secular world. So uh, be who you are. Do what you do under God's strength, by his grace, for his glory. Be the dad you're called to be. That your kids need to see everything. every day. God
1: speak